Thank you for listening to the Sacred Commons podcast. If you want to help support us in this work, please visit our website. If anything, just check it out. But if you feel inclined to give, you can do so by visiting thesacredcommons.com. Click on give. Every single cent has an immediate impact and helps us continue to do this. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke chapter 4, verse 1 through 13. After his baptism, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him, only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. The Gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to talk to you real briefly on the subject of I don't need this. That's the title of this short little homily. I don't need this. I'm thinking about an internet phenomenon a few years ago of a woman who was interviewed Uh, shortly after her apartment building caught on fire. And she was famous for being recorded by the news agency that showed up afterwards. And her words were real simple, but it makes me laugh every time I think of them. She says, ain't nobody got time for that. She was talking about going to get a Coke. She said, "I, I wanted to go get a cold pop. And then she saw the building on fire and she looked at the camera and she said, ain't nobody got time for that. And you could almost use that as the title of this sermon, but I thought I would go with, I don't need this. I want to read you a quote. I'm going to start with a quote by Flannery O'Connor, and I hope you hear the words that she's saying. Some kind of loss is usually necessary to turn the mind toward faith. I'm going to say that one more time. Some kind of loss is usually necessary to turn the mind toward faith. Now listen to this. If you are satisfied with what you've got, you're hardly going to look for anything better. And I think that is a very important idea as we journey into Lent. If you're satisfied with what you have, Lent isn't for you. If you think you got it all figured out and that spiritually you've reached the pinnacle, Lent is not for you. But I don't think there's a person in this room who would claim that. I think we all can say with open hearts, Lord, I want to become more like you. I want to be more like you. So a a few months ago, Diana was reading this book, and 
It was written by a lady named Marie Kondo. And I had no clue who Marie Kondo was. Come to find out, she's got a whole following of people. I'm calling them Kondonites. But they just love her technique and her method. Marie Kondo is a Japanese organizing queen of tidying up. That's her thing. And her method is real simple. You gather all of your belongings into one central place. You literally hold them up to your chest. This is what she has people do. You gather your stuff, and one by one, Diana's smiling right now because she, she really believes in this method. Uh, and I think it works. You hold it up to your chest, and then you wait. And if there's not a spark, if this thing that you are holding in your hands, she actually, there's a Japanese word, tokomeku. And to, oh, I said it wrong, tokimeku. And it simply means, it literally means flutter, like palpitation. I, I've suffered from heart palpitations before, and I know that feeling. It's this feeling of the source of my life is fluctuating on me right now. Um, but she wants you to hold it up to your chest, and then if you feel that flutter, in the, in the Japanese, the, the translation is flutter. It, it should make your heart palpitate. There should be life there. And the reason why she makes people do this is because she really believes that most of the things that we think we have to have are actually causing us great anxiety. And when you start to clear your life from all of this stuff, you center your attention on the things that really matter. And when you can center your attention on the things that really matter, you have found real life. Now, there's probably not a better summary of what Lent is all about than that. You clear out everything, you hold it up to your heart, and you say, is this giving me life? Is this rooted and centered and grounded upon something that is giving me life? Or is, just, is this just more junk that I have? And do I need to clear out some space? Do I need some tokimeku in my life? Time Magazine released an article this month where they said that almost 40% of Americans, according to the American Psychiatric Association, almost 40% of Americans are more anxious than they were last year and the year prior. So anxiety is increasing. Part of the problem is that we have associated stuff with security. Uh, Nelson, our friend, tells me stories from time to time. He has to go into people's homes and assess damage, fire, water. But you won't believe the amount of people, he tells me about this, that have hoarded all of their stuff. And just to walk through their living room is almost like summoning Mount Kilimanjaro. It's, it's, it's treacherous. And I think the reason is, is because people feel like if I don't have this if I don't have stuff, I won't have security. Because we associate security with stuff. We actually attach our security to this, and it causes us great anxiety. When they were asked why they felt more anxiety this year, safety, health, and finances were the number one source. 68% of respondents said keeping themselves and their family safe was their primary anxiety. So in our text today, we see this same issue, security and acquisition. This is what the devil offers Jesus, security and acquisition. How are you, this Christ, who has just been affirmed? And by the way, Jesus, 
He knew that he was God's son way before the baptism by John. And you know this. When his parents came to get him from the temple when he was 12 years old, he looks at his mother and he says, Why were you worried? Didn't you know I would be about my father's business? He knew who he was. But the devil was trying to get him to question that and place his security in other things, in these false choices. And that's the question of Lent. Brueggemann says this. That's the question of Lent. What will truly make us safe? We were singing today, Mighty to Save, talking about the saving hand and arm of God and how God is our true security. Where do we really find safety and salvation? That's what Deuteronomy is about, what was read today. Psalm 91 is about safety and security. Romans 10 is about salvation. Same thing, safety and security. And all three of those texts answer that question. What will make us safe? They answer that question with one thing, and that is God. God will make us safe. God is the one who keeps us. God is the one who provides. God is the real security that we can have. It's, he's the only security that we can have. And when the devil comes along and offers us power and control and invulnerability and pseudo-prosperity, we must be very attentive to his temptation. Now let me just break from my notes for a second and say, the devil is still doing this trick, and he's still using scripture to do it. And so what we find in the church today, I have to get a little bit prophetic and offer a critique. What we find in the church today in prosperity gospel is this same idea that you can take scripture and assume that God's favor will somehow make you invulnerable and safe from all the threats of this life. Let me tell you something. You live long enough in this world, you will realize to take Psalm 91 and use it the way the devil did. He makes it sound like you won't even stub your toe is to take the text unfaithfully. And so we have to realize that just because God is with us, and He is, just because God is our security and our strength and our stronghold, and He is, does not mean that we will not go through life and the experiences that life brings. It means this, that instead of giving us an exit from life's experiences, He gives us solidarity within them. And when we have Christ with us, that is when we can say, you are my hope, you are my strength, you are my tower, you are, you are my refuge, the crag and the rock. That's when I go to you, not to get me out of life, but to stay with me in the midst of it. And so we find this very impulse within the church, and we have to make sure that we are critical when we listen to people using Scripture. We don't have immunity from failure, from injury. We have presence with us through the midst of it all. Through it all, Andre Crouch wrote a song. Through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Not out of it, but in it. All right, let's wrap it up. When Jesus is offered the temptations by the devil for material gain, for compromise, sensationalism, He turns it down and he makes good choices. And here's what he says. And this is the title of my sermon. And I'm I'm going to wrap wrap it up with this. He looks at the devil and he says, I don't need this. That's essentially, ain't nobody got time for that. (laughs) He looks at the devil and he says, all these things that you're offering me, these false forms of security, these false forms of of, uh, invulnerability, I don't have time for that. And he turns the devil's offer down. And he says, nope, 
I don't need this. And that's Lent. Lent is when we say, we look at our life, okay? Here we are. We're about to enter into the season of Lent. And here's what I want to encourage us all to do. Examine your life and think about it right now. And ask yourself, is this getting in the way of my life with God? Is this taking away from His time? Is this taking away room for my attention towards Him? Lent is where desire is clarified. That's what fasting is. Fasting is when you clarify your desire and you say, I'm learning how to live without the thing I thought I could not live without so that I can live into and with the one who I cannot truly live without. That's fasting, that's Lent. Ask yourself, open your heart up and say, God, what is it that you want me to say no to? What is it that's cluttering my life? What is it that's robbing me of my attention and my time and my talent and my treasure towards you? And whatever that is, Holy Spirit, give me the strength to say, I don't need this. I don't have time for this. May our desire be clarified. May we remember that we are simply dust and to dust we shall return. But yet we are dust that God breathed life into and so we are cosmic dust. We are spiritual dust and we are dust that he is pleased to come and dwell within. So Father, as we go towards the wilderness and as we hear and listen to the spirit calling us into the wilderness give us discernment give us strength give us the ability to say i don't need these things remind us of our limitations may we remember our dustiness and father may we always come to you for you are the true source of our security our hope and our strength amen Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Peace.